Tracy, Mrs. J-Dog Flanagan with you here today, and I would like to welcome you to this episode of Tactical Treasures. Tactical Treasures podcast is a podcast where I speak to veterans and military family members in the veteran space where they share with me a specific object or piece of advice that has helped them throughout their journey in their military career, business, or life. Today, we have a very special guest, Carol Eggert. Carol is the Senior Vice President of Military and Veteran Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal and a retired Army Brigadier General. During her military career, she served in a variety of command and staff positions and completed numerous overseas deployments, including a 15-month combat tour in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom as Chief of the Women's Initiatives Division and Senior Liaison to the U.S. Embassy Baghdad, where she conducted a full-scale analysis of women's initiatives and developed a strategic plan for the economic and political empowerment of Iraqi women under the U.S. Secretary of State. She is the recipient of numerous awards and commendations in recognition of her contributions to the military, including the Legion of Merit, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, and the multiple awards of the Meritorious Service Medal. Carol, what an amazing decorated military career. Thank you so much for your service, ma'am. Congratulations Um, to you. Tracy, I think this idea that you have of tactical treasures is is so clever and so needed. When I heard about it and, and sent me a note, I thought this is the coolest thing ever. Um, I've listened to several of the podcasts. And so hats off to you for coming up with a very innovative way to bring military stories to the community, things that we so often don't hear. Um, And so excellent job. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Um, You know, one thing I will add, when it comes to my biography, you know, when you've been in over 30 years, there's, it's pretty hard to get it all in there. But I will say that I started as an enlisted soldier um, as a private and uh, up to E6 before I, staff sergeant, before I went to officer candidate school. And so I think that gives a perspective to the story I'm about to tell you. I, I, I spent a lot of times with our troops and I value that time. And I think that makes us, um, gives us a different perspective as officers. You know, I, I, I can see how that totally works in the military, sort of starting from the ground up, because I think it's the same thing in in business as well and in your career. If you can start from the ground up and work your way up, you really tend to understand, you know, the people who are in service underneath of you. So excellent point. Excellent point. So um, I would I would love to hear. I mean, you know, you're doing great things, I think, at NBC Comcast, and I would love to hear about uh, what you're doing there and the initiatives that you've um, started. Oh, well, th- thanks for asking that question. Um, I started at Comcast after I retired from the military in, uh, at the end of 2015. And a new position, I was asked if I could help build a strategy for military engagement across the large Comcast. Cast Enterprise, and we're talking NBC Universal, the parks in LA, the parks in Orlando, the studios in New York. So that's a big, big thing to you know bite off. And it was just me, but hats off to Comcast to see the need that if we're going to best relate to the military community, it helps to have someone who was in it. So we now have a team of <clears throat> about to be eleven folks, um, all with a military background, to include military spouse, uh, military caregiver. 
uh, those who have served, currently serving in the Guard and Reserve, um, and then a military family member. So we certainly understand our military community, and I think that makes us a, a really strong team. And it, and it is to advise on how do we best engage with the military community, everything from hiring. And you know, I know, Tracy, you know that it's not easy to transition out of the military <clears throat> into the private sector. And so you, you have to help on both sides, the transitioning service member, as well as our recruiters, our uh, hiring managers, our supervisors, our leadership to explain what is this very unique military talent when it comes to hiring. And then when it comes to supporting the military community, how do we do that? There's uh, hundreds and hundreds of military nonprofits. And how do you best with your foundation support those? Um, how do you create the partnerships you need to make a stronger um, uh, military community? An example with this focus on DEI lately is we supported the Women's Memorial at, at Arlington um, to build, um, to support a women of color in the military exhibit. It's now a traveling exhibit, but just understanding that women of color in the military have a different story and we need to bring these stories out. We work with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation to hire caregivers, to hire wounded warriors, to understand some of their challenges. So those are the types of things that we do. Um, we've hired over 17,000 uh, from the military talent pool. And I say that because so often people say veterans, but one thing is you have to understand to expand that pool. It really means veterans, those who have served, currently serving guard and reservists, military spouses, and then military family members. This is a very unique group. So we're doing great stuff. I love it. Um, I'll give you one other example. It's, it, and we'll send you our um, year in review, Tracy, just so you get an idea. Um, but our lately, regarding the Olympics, we were able to work with AFES and we are streaming um, complete Olympics coverage, much more than you would get through your um, TV settings to the military community through a partnership with AFES because we understand that the military community may not always be at the place they need to be to see something on TV or they might wanna see a very unusual um, event. So I'm so excited that we were able to partner with NBC Universal and AFES to bring that coverage to our military. Well, that that's, uh, you're doing really good work as far as um, forging um, that disconnect between the private sector and the military veteran and the veteran community. And, and that at JDOG, that, that's been kind of our struggle as well, um, being able to embrace our, our veterans because our JDOGs love to hire their fellow brothers and sisters. And um, that I think is a, is a, been a very important part of uh, our J-Dogs and their business ownership. And just being able to um, embrace and understand their, their, their you know, fellow service men and women. And um, I think that, that that's a great need out there, I think, in the private sector is, is having that liaison who understands the military, who's been in the military, who has served, that can help the company and, and you know, and HR understand the incredible talent that uh, and skills that that service members, uh, you know, women and men bring to the private sector. It's it's just unbelievable. 
Um, Tracy, I think I'm so I'm just so proud of J Dog. I I was involved with you folks back when you were at St. Joe's and building yeah. that company. Um, what a great idea! Certainly, as we have uh, all the aging boomers that are downsizing and um, cleaning out, it's just great to have the services that you bring. And you're right. I would say one of my personal goals is to always work on lessening the sieve mill divide. And I will tell you that it's not a divide born out of malice. It's just a lack of knowledge and understanding. Everybody will say we love the military, but that's not the same as we understand the military and that because of that understanding, we can work together. Um, so I think it's really important. And what you're doing here, I think lessens that just a little bit, brings another color to that story. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I, as a civilian myself, I, I can say that, you know, J-Dog has um, made me and forced me to understand the military and to, and, and the way I feel about it now is I think that civilians, it, it, it is our, um, it's our duty and our obligation to not only say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a patriot, I support the military, but we need to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and we need to, to learn. And, you know, I've made it a point myself to learn, to understand the MOSs, to understand what PCS means, to understand, um, and, and now being the assistant director of our foundation, you know, we're in the, you know, understanding PTSD and mental health issues and focusing on combating veteran suicide. And, and so, um, you know, I, I think there should be more of that out there because once, once a person goes into the military, they come out and they're forever changed. They're a totally yes, different person. Very, very transformative experience. And in, in what I think so many people don't understand in a very positive way, uh, there's an awful lot of myths out there that we come out broken and we all have to do what we can to counter that myth. Mm. One thing we've done, and I'd like to share it with your audience, um, Tracy, is that we created a partnership with Psych Armor, psycharmor.org, and we created content, think of it as a, a school, of no-cost content on understanding the military and how to best support engaging with the military. A simple course, and I call them courses, but it's really web content, um, a simple one is 15 things every veteran wants you to know. Um, understanding the military culture, how to build a military spouse program, how to build a um, employee resource group for, for your veteran employees. So I saw the need out, that, out there. So I partnered with Psych Armor. And then another one, when it comes to the HR community and the hiring community, we partnered with SHRM and, and Tracy, I don't know if you know who they are, but uh, Society for Human Resource mm -hmm. Management, that's where you can get your continuing ed credits for your certifications. And we created with them a program, Veterans at Work Certificate for HR professionals, hiring managers. And it's just that, how to conduct a interview with military talent. Um, once again, understanding where to recruit and where should your talent acquisition programs be focused? Understanding military spouses, you know, you're never gonna hire a mill spouse if you look at their resume and see that they moved every two or three years, you'll, you'll drop that resume right away because you'll think this person can't hold a job. Right. And you'd be surprised at the number of people that don't understand that a military spouse moves all the time with their active duty spouse. And even if yeah. they're no longer 
um, in the military, their, their employment history will still show that. So there's a lot of education required to lessen this divide specifically. So please have your folks uh, check out SHRM, Veterans um, Work Certificate, and then Psych Armor um, em- Employers Program. I, um, I've actually um, uh, gone through the content on Psych Armor. <laughs> So, Great. so I'm Thank very, you. I'm very familiar with that. Um, that, that was very helpful to me in the beginning. Um, uh, great content there, I think, uh, for the, Thank you for doing society. that. I'm thrilled that you did. And I, we have to tell your audience, we just said 15 things every better and wants you to know, what do you think the number one thing is, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> and rather than put you on the spot, I'll tell you, uh, because since I served in the army, the number one thing every veteran wants you to know is that we are not all soldiers. Correct. You know, right. civilian community doesn't realize there's airmen, there's coasties, there's Marines. Don't ever call a Marine a soldier, oh, as I know. you know. They get very uh, upset so just, about that, by the way. We have exactly, three Marines but, in our uh, office. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there you go. We are not all soldiers, understanding there are other components. Although I will say the Army is the largest. Okay. Carol, so... We could talk about HR stuff and all day, but let's dive into your treasure. I'm really excited to hear about it. Well, it's a little unusual, um, Tracy, but and it has a bit of a history. So when my husband and I went out on our first date, and we're talking 1979, 76, somewhere back there, we we're on a bike ride, and on that ride as we were riding along the road, I saw this little doll that had been dropped. And I picked it up and thought this little thing needs a home. And we actually continued that tradition as our children grew, as we got married and had children, we would pick up what we called road orphans. So you often find little toys, little, um, you know, plastic items, think of it as a, a superhero or a Lego piece. And we would collect them and call them road orphans. And they would actually decorate the the front of our van, our van dash, um, as as we went on family trips and our children grew. And I actually asked the kids this morning, I said, hey, guys, I'm going to do a podcast about our road orphans. Do you remember? And um, my daughter actually wrote to me and said that they meant a lot to her. She always thought thought of them as... um, you know, abandoned toys and that they were going to have a second life with us, a second home. And so that made her feel good about finding them. And my other daughter said, it often happened when we were on vacation. So each one on the dash brought back memories of, of great times. And they were always looking out for them as we were taking a hike or at a campground or at a, you know, at a, uh, think of it as a national park or at a monument. And so my son said, I always thought of it as a family, uh, a, like a souvenir, that it, it reminded them of our family trips, something someone else discarded, and that we picked up and had new meaning for us in our family history. So I, I think it's kind of funny to talk about road orphans, but by the time my children grew up, we had a whole dash full of them. Now we have since sold that van, but we actually saved all the road orphans. But that leads me to my tactical treasure and I'm a little um, little embarrassed to tell you about it, but it's about this bear. 
If you can see this I, bear. I can. Oh, look at him or her. Isn't he no, cute? Him. Oh, it's him. Me. So he's a him. Um, very decorated, I could see. Very decorated, but it didn't start out that way. My sister, everybody in my family, I have seven brothers and sisters, knew that we collected road orphans because, of course, they were all over our van dash. And she actually, with her family, saw this alongside of the road in the rain, all smashed up, soaking wet and thought this is the ultimate road orphan. They turned around, went back and got it, gave it a, gave it a bath, washed it up, bought um, you know a uniform for it. And then as I was leaving for Iraq, they presented it to me. But before they did, a funny story is they were preparing to come to our, you know, our uh, departure event. And they set the package down and ran over this poor little bear. So oh, his yeah. eyes are actually quite, um, <laughs> quite, so we figured, you know, if he can live through that, he can come with me to Iraq. And that's exactly what I did. I took Axel to Iraq with me. I have to kind of wonder, like, what's a colonel doing with a, a stuffed bear in, in her backpack or in her duffel bag? But I don't know. It represented to me family, shared memories, people back home thinking of you. And even before I left, I'll show you another thing. I gave each of my children what we called Axel's parents. And they got a bear, has my, you know, dog tags. And they got a bear to think of while I was gone. Now, I have to tell you, my children were in college when I deployed. So it's not like they were little kids. But in a way, I've often said it's harder on older children because they know what's going on and they know the dangers. Sure. So they each got a bear to think about my time away. So Axel, what he came to represent to me, if you look at him, when he went over, he had nothing but his uniform. Sure. But as I met people, and you know the military, they would give little pins, a little token. So he came, he, he went over there representing my family back home. But when he came back with me, he, I have all of these little pins on him for people I had met from the embassy events I had gone to. Um, I was, as you mentioned, I received a Purple Heart um, when I was in the triage unit. They came to me and presented a combat action badge. So I even put this on Axel, because don't wear them when you're in theater. And then I was presented a Purple Heart. You can see I put that on Axel. Oh, so do. he's come to represent to me, and I still keep him around, my, my tour of duty in Iraq. As silly as it may seem for a colonel and a general, you know, to carry around a stuffed bear, I think it shows that we're all human, that we all need connections back to family. And we need connections to our experience in Iraq and to the people we met. I have several that are so important to me. I worked with an a, a, um, Australian diplomat. And of course, she gave me a kangaroo that's on here. Each one has meaning. And, um, it just means so much now that we're back here that I can look at this every now and then and think of the people I met in Iraq. And, you know, such a transformative experience to be in a combat zone for 15 to 18 months. Um, so Axel means that to me, but on my way over, and I would take pictures of Axel in different settings in Iraq. Axel at the Saddam Hussein Palace, Axel with the camels, Axel, as we were preparing to leave, my thought was always to write a children's book about Axel in a combat zone, Axel's tour, wow. uh, much like Flat Stanley. I was Remember just going to say Stanley's? that. It reminds me yes. of Flat Stanley. 
That's exactly Great. what I thought of. And I would send everybody pictures back. Okay, Axel's out at the palace today. Axel's at the, at the uh, firing range. You know, it was a little bit more fun than saying, this is what I did. Right. Um, you know, Axel's in a chopper. We're heading out. Yeah. So um, I think it was a way for the family to relate to what I was doing that was somewhat lighthearted and not as heavy as it could have been. Sure. And especially if I had younger children, it, I think it really would have made a difference. However, my college age kids, you know, loved it. So there you go. That's Axel. That's what I think of as a a, a tactical treasure. And I think we all have them, that yeah. memories of our families at home and memories of the friends we left behind as we've moved throughout our career. So I'm going to yeah. set Axel down now, but I think you've got some pictures of him uh, uh, traveling about. But that is my tactical treasure. and great. What he means to me. And the reason we called him Axel is because he was found on the road and he was run over (laughs) by tires. (laughs) Well, that's a very appropriate name for Axel. I love it. (laughs) So So the simplest things can mean so much. So now where does Axel hang out today? Does he still go with you or? No, I haven't taken Axel on any more trips. He sits on my chair in my bedroom. Um, I see him every morning and just, it reminds you of family shared events, um, folks that mean so much to you, but are no longer with you. Um, you know, all lost someone in combat zone. So it just, it represents so much. So he's just, just my friend that hangs out. I think that's a very special, appropriate treasure. I, I love the story. It's really, really great. Um, so and I, and I think you you said it well. I, I, my next question was going to be, what would you like the veteran and military community to take away from your heartwarming story of Axel? But I think you explained it well, just that, you know, memories are important, families important, and, and people you meet along the way are very important. So I think I think you said it well. It, would you Tracy, like to I add anything? I think you hit it. Well, my father, when I first... When we had our first children, my husband and I have been married 39 years, and we have three children, all millennials now. Um, but when, when we had very young children, my father said to me, he said, I had taken them to a museum or something, and he said, Carol, your job is to make memories for these children. It's memories that will give them strength, you know, as they face tough times. And so, you know, I think Axel was just one silly way to kind of capture memories. And, and I do think that's our job as parents. The same thing with our road orphans on the van. It's a way for the, the kids to remember what we've done as a family. Yeah, so true. Very important. Um, so you, you kind of alluded to the fact that you're wil- working on a children's book. Are you thinking <laughs> about that? Is it actually in the stages? I'm excited well, to hear. Well, I've taken so many pictures back, you know, when I deployed, um, our phones had cameras, so we were, it was easy to take pictures where you were. And so I took pictures of Axel throughout my tour. And that was always my intent. You know, I want to write a children's book about this. Um, And then, of course, you got very busy, but I still have that. And it still could be something that I do, you know, when I retire to help children of deployed parents or even deployed family members kind of see what goes on in a very lighthearted way um, that, that isn't threatening. And, you know, here's what 
here's what your loved one's doing while they're not at home. Right. So yes, I would say that's still in the works, Tracy. Yeah. You, you just and, might see Axel's adventures. Yeah, I love it. And I, I, it's funny that you just alluded to, um, you know, children of the military, because that's exactly what I thought of as you were, as you were talking about it, that would be a perfect book, um, to, to introduce to children who are in the military community it would help them to understand where their parents are, what they're, what they're doing in a, in a lighthearted way. That's not scary. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. You've convinced me. It's on my to-do list, Tracy. Thank you for awesome. <laughs> emphasizing that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so before you can, before we go, uh, where can people find you? Oh my gosh. Well, you can search it on the web, but <laughs> please, I have no problem with reaching out to me personally. I am committed to the military community. So it, it's carol underscore Eggert at comcast.com. Okay. Um, as the senior vice president of military affairs, I, I see that as my job to support the military community. So no problem there. I'm also on LinkedIn. As I said, it, a simple search will bring up all sorts of things. I think I try to, I think we monitor that. I think folks on my team monitor it, make sure there's nothing detrimental on my, my uh, social media profile. I, th <laughs> I think we're good. I don't think I've done anything that I would need to be worried about, but I would love to, uh, you know, answer any questions that come up. And also just look at Comcast. We are committed to hiring military talent. So look at our talent pages, you know, military hiring at Comcast, and you'll see the jobs that we have open. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, it has been an absolute honor speaking with you today, Carol. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing uh, Axel with us. Um, <laughs> And I am looking forward to hearing about that book, more about that. And I'll keep my eyes great. open for that. And um, thank you so much for your time. It was great. And I would say you. to you, Tracy, thank you for what you're doing. I think you're, you're lessening the civ mill divide in such a fun, interesting, engaging way. So thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I love what I do every day. Love it. All right. Take care. This is a real honor. All okay. right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Carol.